Welcome to For What It's Worth, an introduction and immersion into the furry fandom. And now, two fools who still play with their toes like they think it's cute. Here are Rue and Tugs. Hello. You gonna start? Yeah, we're recording, yo. Oh, hi guys! Good to see you! Well, let's, oh, never mind, whatever. So, yeah, um, that was a failed intro. You, you didn't tell me that we were recording. Oh, we're recording. Oh, okay. He, he said you had a cold intro like 30 seconds ago. Oh, well, welcome to For What It's Worth, guys. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Loin King. As you typoed it. <laughs> Tell the story. Okay, so I ended, up, um, I ended up trying to ask for content on um, for the show. Because we're and... beggars. Oh, yeah, that's totally what we are. Um, Stop playing with your iPhone. Tell the story. Speaking of the mic. Okay, well, I'm bringing up what I No, what no, I no, just tell the story. Okay, fine. Well, I ended up writing that um, that we needed content for the Loin King. <laughs> That's basically what it was. And then everybody was like, what? The Loin King? It's a Japanese version. And we got comments that are kind of like this. We have one from Midnight that says, Ah, oh, you ruined it. You ruined it. Sobs. Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, and from Yuriu, he had ended up saying, you know, Loin King would make a great name for a cooking show. Speaking into the microphone would be a great show. <laughs> the Loin King, mm -hmm. thank you, coming to you. Actually, at Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> you actually typoed that when we were chatting about it, getting ready. And I was like, I'm sure he would not have put it out there like that. I was just imagining and giggling to myself, imagining like pork cuts or steaks or something. And then you told me yesterday that you had put it out that way. And I was like, oh, that's so much better than what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right. So now that you have your list Dexia fixed. Yes. We are doing an episode about the Lion King. <laughs> no loins required. So we oh, should I cue the music. We don't have music because the lawyers have prevented the music. Well, can I do a rendition? No. Oh. <laughs> you can't. The lawyers. Just think about it in your mind. The oh. mouse has better lawyers than you. <laughs> you have no lawyers. So this is season two, episode 22. Yeah. Did we already say that? Yeah, no. No, we didn't. No, okay. we didn't. And we have a special guest. His name is Simba. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> we'll introduce him in a moment. So now to the re weekly recap. What have you been doing, Tugs? Working so hard on For Idaho. It's coming up. And between you and I, I think we've spent hours, good, uh, countless hours getting ready. But it's going to be we've a been, fun con. We've been like wanting to like strangle each other. Stuff like that. We have come to blows. Yes. But that's okay. We love each other. I, th I knocked you through the floor. Yeah. Threw I you around a little bit. I ended up throwing the baby off the cliff. Okay. Um, besides that, um, work has been killing me. So between work and Friday, I've had little time, but I did carve some time out um, to sit down and watch the super spectacular star-studded diamondoid diamond launch of the PlayStation 4. Oh. <laughs> which, which was uh, not, not that we, we could have a whole episode about that, but we're not. Um, it was the most unimpressive thing I've seen from Sony in a long time. I ended up just seeing, I don't know, it, they just seemed to me like they were saying the exact same thing 
over and over, and they were like, oh, let's introduce so-and-so, which is going to say the exact same thing that I just barely said. The, the, here's the bottom line on it, because I'm sure someone like Retro is going to ask what the real take is on it. Um, I'm sure the PS4 is going to be an excellent piece of hardware. I can't say I agree with Sony's weird choices. Of course, they're motivated by money to stream all of our old games to us after we buy them again. Um, but really what it is is I'm sure the hardware is great and their marketing sucks. And that's the problem. Sony's marketing has never, ever won me over since after the PlayStation 2. Again, we'll see when it comes out. Like, I would not recommend running out and pre-ordering anything like that. They're hoping I would... to make it less than $600. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You know what's going to end up happening with most game systems? It's going to be out for like six months, and then it's going to lower in price. Only in Japan. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, the Vita's cheaper in Japan now. Hmm. Um, other than that, I haven't really done much. Seriously, I have become... My new wife's name is Adobe. She's beautiful. Very nice. <laughs> oh, wow. What about your week? Um, well, I've, I've had my ups and downs. We've, um, you know, my grandma's in the hospital. So, you know, that's been kind of a little bit sad and stuff like that. But I've been doing good. Everything's been going fine. Um, I'm also working on my suit as well, my full suit. So first suit, yeah. Okay, because I'm mentioning Doctor Who. No, okay. no. Well, I'm working on that too for for Idaho. So yep, we are going as Time Lords. Check it out. But um, and Speaking then also of for Idaho. Hold on, we will talk about for Idaho more at the end of the show. So you have to wait till the end because we're dicks like that. Sorry. Yes. Keep we going. Are, we are dicks. Oh, and then we also had a loss in the fandom. We've had several. What the I know, hell? I know. It's like crazy. Like, it seems like people are just dying left and right. <laughs> that <just sounds laughs> Sorry terrible. to be so insensitive about it, but um, we we lost Lemonade. So Lemonade Coyote. I'm pretty sure that you guys know already about that. So yep, Condolences to the family and friends who are affected directly. Definitely. But... All right. No more side notes. Okay. So um, I was going to have the story ready and I forgot to print it before we went to air. Um, starting next episode, I'll be reading a lovely story from a series of stories from Germany that were written for children. They're great stories. Um, always ending with the children being maimed in some way. So look forward to that. Uh, it, they're always written in Limerick. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm pretending like I'm that monkey again. Okay. Monkey. Okay. Well, we have the cookie for God. today. It's been a long time. Yep. All right. Here we go. So, in our magical cookie of goodness, we have the time is right to seek new pastures. In bed with the cookie. I'm thinking it would say new carpets. New carpets. Oh. Mm -hmm. So. Hey, that, that works pretty well. You know, pastures, pride lands. No, no, those don't go together. <laughs> Time to start. All right. Welcome back from your 10-second potty break. As Rue announced, this is the Lion King episode. Which nope. But I wanted the Lion King! We're done with that joke. <laughs> We've had this plan for quite some time since Rainforest, so I'm glad we finally get to do it! Woo! Uh, so before we get into the Q&A, we asked for some emails, and you guys rose to the occasion. We heart you so much. So, first off, we have an email from Sketch. 
Um, now, before I read it, we did ask people, do you have any connections to The Lion King? Is it significant to you? Are there other movies that influenced you? And so the emails are in that vein. He says, hey guys, though I'm sure, as your latest episode implies, that plenty of furs were brought into the fandom via The Lion King. I'm certain there's equally many who were subconsciously attracted to the furry fandom through the older Disney animated features. I was raised on Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Robin Hood, and things from that generation of films, and I was pretty infatuated with the stuff for much of my childhood. Me too. I was particularly attracted to the former at first, with the absurdity of the anthrodenizens of that mythical island of Nabumu? Nabumbu in the film. I can't read. But later, even after I hadn't watched it in eons, I realized that it was that kind of fantastical stuff that brought me into the fandom. I don't... Or I think it doesn't really get its due from the fandom, because unlike The Lion King and Robin Hood, it doesn't have a 100% anthro cast. Not that more of a texture to the story, but I suppose it's the texture that injects a kind of realism into it, that makes the fantastic seem even more viable, even if the anthropomorphic characters in the film were created via magic. And it's pseudo-realism that finds its way into some of my in-progress literary material, and what makes me go the extra mile to at least attempt to make my characters more interactive with the so-called real world. Or I could just be overcomplicating things. But I like to think that my previous statement is more descriptive. Sketch. Thank you, Sketch, for sending that in. What's the other email? The other email is from Ryan. It says, hello again, for what it's worth. This is McKeaton again. Um, Thank you for the pronunciation. (laughs) He's the first person. (laughs) In In relation to this episode, I've never really connected the Lion King to to being the gateway into the fandom as other movies, namely Disney, Disney's Robin Hood. The one I was considered, I'm considered the goal standard in furry movies. What I, what I think separates that movie from the others um, that had anthropomorphic animals was the style in which it was done. We don't hear very many people who who get into the fandom because of, say, Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny, um, as we do as, as, let's see, as, as much as we like to use them as examples as anthropomorphism. Robin Hood, however, um, let's see, Robin Hood, however, as well as Maid Marian, were, were much more human-like than other characters. They were one of the first animated animal characters I could actually consider handsome or beautiful, rather than just cute or fluffy. Maid Marian was perhaps one of my earliest furry crushes because of this. And from there, it was all down here. Hill. Wow. Also foxes. What? At the very end. Also foxes. All right. And the last email that we'll open up with is just a few lines. It's from Felix. Dear Tugs and Rue, I don't know if The Lion King itself has motivated me to being a furry, but I sense—I think the sense of nostalgia I get from watching anthropomorphic characters, such as Mickey Mouse, Robin Hood, Tom and Jerry, etc., has, it brings back a lot of fun that I want to be a part of. You've got a lot of defense here. <laughs> don't you? I guess. Yes. So, Rue, why don't you introduce our guest? We have Simba. Hello? Yay! You know what would be awesome is if like, you had James Earl Jones' voice? Or something like that, because that would be cool. I guess it'd be at Johnson Taylor Thomas, huh? Well, you know. So tell That's us a famous voice. Tell us why Simba. What is you know? Why did you choose the name of a character from a show? Well, a movie. I'm sorry. W- what was it? Well, where it actually started was 
when the uh, the movie first came out, uh, I can go into a lot of detail about that, but I would start going around work and I would start like stalking some of the, I was a waiter at the time, so I would start stalking other waiters and waitresses in the back alleys of the <laughs> restaurant and I would jump out at them and try to pounce and roar at them. And so it was just kind of a, a natural evolution and uh, eventually found my way into uh, liking chat room on TLK.org. Is it still around? Uh, no, unfortunately. I have tried to be proactive in keeping it up and around, but not too much success uh, in the latter years. Anyway, it, uh, everyone was choosing names, and I thought, well, uh, I'm following this movie, and everyone just kept calling me Simba, and it was just, it was, that's where history is now. Awesome. So because of that, did it lead to your character obviously just being more or less a customized version of the Disney character, or, or how do you relate to it? Um, in terms of like just my namesake and my character in relationship mm -hmm. to the Lion King, uh, there is, while you can look at my character and there are obviously visual similarities between my character art and Lion King, uh, which you will find a lot common with uh, Lion King furs and the movie itself, there is, there's no actual direct connection. I don't try to associate myself directly with that character or its storyline. Hmm. Hmm. How long have you been in the fandom? Because you said it was a while back. And uh, technically, my entrance into the fandom occurred when I was, I guess, about 12 years ago now. Oh, wow. Wow, 12 years. Back so. when dial-up existed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve years ago. Okay, so Lion King came out in ninety-five, the summer of nineteen ninety-five. Is that right? You know this. I know you know this. <laughs> um, and I remember when it came out. But you, you went. Did you see it on opening day or? Yeah, I actually saw it twice opening day. Twice. And then I saw it twice a day for the next week, and a total <laughs> of eighteen times in its first release in movie theaters. Wow. And it hadn't come back till the 3D re-release, right? Uh, no, there was actually one other release that it oh, came out on IMAX. The IMAX one. I saw it twice opening day on that, and then on the 3D release, I saw it twice opening day that as well. I went and saw that, and I'm not going to say who, but someone local went with, and they wouldn't shut up the whole movie. <gasps> I know who. <laughs> <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, shut up. Um, but I went and saw it again <laughs> without the talking. It was much better. <laughs> so, uh, you know... I have a burning question, and it might be further on in the show that we're going to ask this, but, like, here's the thing. Nowadays, what we have is we have bronies. Yes. Okay? I'm going to bring up bronies. And the re there's right. a reason why I'm bringing them up right now is because it's something that's very popular. Back then, I know that for me, Lion King was very, very popular during that time and when it, when it released. And was there a huge... Like, I mean, there's definitely a huge following now, and there was a huge following before as well. It, do you feel that there's similarities between the Brony community and the Lion King community? Um, I would actually say yes, maybe not definitively and authoritatively, but... Oh, the you're the authority, man. <laughs> Where the similarities exist are that Within the fandom, all the content is user-generated. All of our characters, everything that we think about ourselves and associate with are things that we generate ourselves. With Lion King furs, all of that was almost self-contained within the movie itself. So while we may have 
our own characters. They are limited within that universe specifically. And when you had My Little Pony recreated by Lara Faust, the all of the content was, again, completely generated and pre-built for people. And so it was much easier to just slip into that new world without having to actually redefine everything. Good point. Definitely. So what about the movie spoke to you? Because you have a very deep <laughs> resonance with this movie. Uh, I do. Uh, my first exposure to the movie actually came when I was watching the uh, previews on Aladdin on VHS. <laughs> And uh, so here I am watching, and all of a sudden, there was the opening song for The Lion King, The Circle of Life. And I watched that, and I was immediately captivated. I don't know what happened, but I literally actually just started watching that preview over and over again because I could not believe just how much it spoke to me. Uh, There's a lot of majesty, both in the music as well as in the storyline itself and the, the visuals. It was just a, a masterpiece. Isn't that part of... Is, I think that's the peak of the Disney Renaissance in popular cultural opinion, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, again, you will have differing opinions out there, but Lion King is generally considered the, 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 the peak of the, uh, the golden era of Disney. I remember when, when I went out and watched it when I was a kid with my family and we got, you know, when we went out of the movie, we, we proclaimed that that was the best Disney movie that we've ever seen, you know, between any of the Disney movies that had, had been released. So I don't know. That's my opinion. Oh, you know my opinion. Oh, I know that it, (laughs) I know that your, your opinion, and let's go with that. Your opinion is that Bolt is... The Renaissance, or like no, one no, of the no. Best ones. It's not the peak of the Disney Renaissance. I recognize that it's not the best Disney movie ever made. I, I just it resonates with me on a personal level. There's a difference. Lion King has far more production value and scope than Bolt ever had. Yeah, my same same feelings with Lilo and Stitch. Like I absolutely adored um, that movie so much, and it resonated to me. And I have like a whole bunch of different Stitch things all over the place. So, I don't know. I, it's interesting that each of us have been affected by movies, movies, and also by Disney. So, you know, I'm going to throw something in there, and I'm surprised nobody said Peter Pan because who doesn't remember the Lost Boys all wearing little fur suits? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I got a story to tell you, and we're not recording. So, <laughs> returning to topic, uh, what is your favorite moment in the movie? So many moments. There are, I think, I think one of my most memorable moments in there, I think, would be probably when Simba is looking beneath the stars. And uh, it's actually when he wanders out onto the log after having had his fight with Nala. And he's just kind of looking down into his reflection. And shortly after there, you know, he does have his vision of his father. But that moment of absolute being defeated and feeling like all has been lost and the moment of pure self in a reflection trying to coalesce into a worldview I think was was very powerful. Have you had a moment like that in your own life? Um, a couple of times, yes. Uh-huh. And there's the connection. Ding! <laughs> did you hear the connection turn on? I did. <laughs> How do you think, like, as far as with The Lion King, what le- life lessons can you take from The Lion King itself? Um, one of the things that I really like about The Lion King, there were obviously a lot of uh, 
relationships with uh, the movie Hamlet. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, it was just a ripoff of the movie Hamlet. And people say, oh, they all try to deny that uh, Hamlet was the basis. And no one ever that I have ever talked with has ever said that Hamlet was not one of the basis. But I think where it breaks with that is that you have... Simba, who is a child, and all of us have those qualities where we are young and wanting to just explore the world and have no responsibility. But we still have life figures in our lives that kind of anchor us to this world, and sometimes we're rebellious towards them, sometimes they're very endearing to us. And in Hamlet, you may have had uh, the, uh, the uncle trying to take over where you have Hamlet trying to regain his throne, but in The Lion King, I think Scar, rather than trying to represent that evil uncle, actually represents a lot more of our own inner demons. That we have things in our life that challenge us. There are the dark parts of us that keep us from trying to achieve um, things on a personal level. And so it's not necessarily a story about Simba trying to reclaim his throne from Scar as much as personally I think that it is Simba actually trying to defeat those inner demons and actually step up and be who he is. I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> like I was, I think subconsciously I had, but wow, that's awesome. Um, I think everything has a deeper meaning within it, you know, with the, the lying, you know, different stories. I, I definitely feel that um, the Lion King has a lot of life lessons in it. And it's been used in, in a lot of different, like promote, I'm not promotional. Wow. Um, inspirational speeches and different things like that. And a lot of quotes have been used from the movie itself. But um, so now to turn the turn the tide here, what what is your thoughts about the sequels? <laughs> oh, facepalm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that I cursed Disney for creating The Lion King 2 because I hated them because I had to watch it because it was The Lion King. And I think that The Lion King 2 is in and of itself a very good story. Um, they did, unfortunately, a great disservice because they essentially neutered Simba's son to create the movie and then had to do a character assassination of Simba himself, thereby losing all the life lessons that he had just brought with him from his experiences in the original movie. It created more of that Romeo and Juliet type of a, of a sequel rather than the, uh, the Hamlet. And so I think that The Lion King 2 is a very good movie. Um, and again, in and of itself, I don't think that it should have been produced as a sequel because they had to do too much alteration to the original to get it to actually be a, the good movie that it is. It seems kind of like um, Da Vinci painting the Mona Lisa and then going on to draw a stick figure. <laughs> what was The Lion King one and a half? I don't remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Lion King one and a half, the, uh, the, the, the two redeeming qualities for me are Tigatana is an amazingly catchy tune, and it's a really fun song. And the additional maybe five minutes of watching Simba as, uh, as, a, as a teenager, I think those were the, uh, the best redeeming qualities <laughs> for me. So I, I, this is slightly off topic, but it's always been the something I've noticed. Does Nathan Lane not like playing his character? Because when it comes to certain roles in Disney parks and in the Kingdom Hearts series, he doesn't do it, ever. Is it like a Robin Williams type syndrome, or does he have a reason? Do you know? Uh, I actually do not. I'm not going to claim that I know. So <laughs> It bugs me, because it's not a very good replacement. What is the Robin Williams syndrome, for those people that don't know? So, he did Aladdin, and he didn't do it for um, SAG. I always call it Film Actors Guild. Screen Actors Guild, scale pay. He did it for less on the, on the condition that Disney... Um, only give the genie no more than one third of the promotion. 
Um, and as you see on the covers of the movie now, Genie is like the biggest thing on the cover. Um, and he hated that. And so he didn't come back for the first sequel, but he did come back for the second, but he charged them scale. Um, and he publicly was butthurt about it for years. And so I didn't know if it was just Disney had burned Nathan Lane, like they burned Robin Williams or what. So as far as the Lion King and how it relates to the fandom, I know that you had said that you were going around and, and pranking people. <laughs> um, was there a formal moment where you had the conversation with yourself and said, I'm going to take this leap into the furry fandom? Or was there never a conversation? Uh, that conversation actually came uh, in the form of uh, role-playing in this uh, chat room that I had found and when I went in there, I, actually, I honestly was naive enough to think that people were going in there to talk about The Lion King. <laughs> and lo and behold, that was my, actually my first introduction to role play. And like, everyone was role playing these characters, and they had these names, and they're like doing all these actions. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? So I logged out, and I thought, okay, let's go back into this world, and I can't be me. I have to be this new me. And so I went in there, and uh, so I started role playing. And... Someone uh, who was uh, with me said, "Like, yeah, we're going to be doing you know, going to this fur con." I'm like, "What's a fur?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually role playing <clears throat> as a as a as a feral lion and had no idea what furs were yet at this point, which I think is kind of amusing. <laughs> I think I did that when I played house. I was an animal once, so I didn't know either. Hmm. So it was all downhill from there, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's a great opportunity for us to take a break. So we will do that, and we will be back after the news. Thank you. From the FWIW News Desk, this is Tugs bringing you the latest news from around the furry fandom. Today we start national news. Many members of the furry community are mourning the loss of Lemonade Coyote, an EMT who passed away in the line of duty at age 24. The cause of death is unfamiliar to the fandom. A drunk driver struck Lemonade's ambulance early in the morning, killing him. His colleague in the ambulance also died from the injuries sustained in the collision. Texas Furry Fiesta is in full swing in Addison, Texas as of time of recording. As we always say, no news is good news, and no news has come out of the con. Local news. The Utah Furries Group is holding elections in March for new leaders of the group. Final details and schedule are to be announced for elections, and if any changes will be made to the schedule to accommodate for Idaho, for Idaho attendees due to a conflict in scheduling. The UFF is holding their elections for leaders right now through their website. Eligibility requirements and details are available online. For Idaho, 2013 is scheduled for March 8th through 10th, 2013 at the Boise Convention Center and Hotel in Boise, Idaho. The cast of For What It's Worth will be in attendance as a guest of honor and providing special several interactive events for the audience. The theme for the convention is Furries in Time and Space. Upcoming Meets The UFF is having a fur meet at the local Coffee Connection this coming Saturday at noon. Upcoming conventions aside from For Idaho Furry Weekend Atlanta is scheduled to occur March 14th through 17th, 2013. It is the convention's 10th anniversary and the theme is still in love. Furry Connection North is scheduled April 12th through 14th, 2013 in Detroit, Michigan. The theme is Mad Science. 
From the FWIW News Desk, this is Tugs bringing you the latest news from around the furry fandom. Stay tuned for part two of our conversation with Simba about the Lion King, the game, and more. In case you forgot, you're listening to For What It's Worth. So we're back. Are we even recording? Yep. Okay, Yay! we are back. So we have an image from Retro. Ding, 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 ding. He sent us an wait, email. Wait. Okay, well, this is the image that he sent in. Because I'm sure you can Aww. all see it right now. Describe it. Basically what it is, is it's Rue in his little red cape um, on the top of Pride Rock. And he's holding out... Um, a little baby, which is of tugs. Nice. <laughs> it's a win. It is so awesome. Thank you so much, Retro, for sending this in. It... I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't hate him. It's, it's so awesome. Hold on, hand me that. <laughs> I'm going to wreck it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we use that? They put it out. Mm, okay. I gave it out to people to use, so I'm going to use it. Well, here's some of the comments on this it, uh, um, image that I wanted to share. Um, first of all, we have somebody asking if um, Koru is Zazu. Are you Rowan Atkinson? No. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm imagining Zazu being Mr. Bean. <laughs> and somebody said, Tugs makes a cute baby. Well, he has Aww, a baby of course. for <laughs> You and your soundboard. Um, and yeah, so, oh, and then someone else said, oh, I said this. <laughs> Whatever, Way to sneak yourself in. What everyone doesn't know about this picture is I was trying to get rid of the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so th- those are just some of the comments that are on there, but Just thank read you. Kaney's email. <laughs> thank you again for sending that in, um, Retro. Um, I hate you. Why do you hate him? I hate him in the way that I hate eating cheesecake, which is to say, not at all. We've had an overwhelming likes for that image. Everybody loves it. So thank you for spending your time to do it and send it to us. I don't think he saw you nod. (laughs) All right. You have an email. All right. So this email is from Keeney. 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 The movie Lion King, not the Loin King. (laughs) God. It kind of relates to people, and the music that they used was just out of this world. Do you agree with this statement? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Bluepaw. So, let's talk about music. So What? What? Okay. What? No, it said, mu- it said music, right? Yeah. So, let's talk about music. Okay. What, um, <laughs> what um, different songs within The Lion King that, if, if I was to say Lion King... Right now, what song would you think? Well, it would be The Circle of Life. Circle of Life? <laughs> what would be your second favorite? Uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I really dislike the, the non-movie version. The one in the movie was fine, right? Right. But who is it that Phil Collins? Did he do the other version? Elton John. Elton, Elton John. John. There you go. I feel really <laughs> dumb. Thank you. Thank you. Um, why did I say Phil Collins? Oh, he did Tarzan. He did, that was Tarzan. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't like that version. 
Is, am I am I a sinner for saying that? Would I be thrown out of the, of the community if I was a member? No, but I like his one. version was good too. It was all right, but I'm just saying it doesn't have the multi layered vocals that the in movie version had. Well, yeah, it's because in the movie you're actually trying to convey what Simba is going through and kind of just moments within the movie itself. Whereas Elton John, who wrote the song, <laughs> was doing his. <laughs> Really, <laughs> Phil Collins. <laughs> um, he was doing his rendition for what that song meant for him, and so I think that's where he was expressing it. And then obviously, I don't know how to like, relate to gay music. <laughs> I don't like what? musicals either. To be fair, that song isn't gay. He is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for the deep dive. So, why and what is it about? Um, the Lion King, which draws so many furs into the furry fandom. Fans. What did I say? Furs. Well, fans, whatever. <laughs> well, <clears throat> as you guys talked about at the uh, onset of the show itself, uh, someone had mentioned in one of their emails that uh, The Lion King, despite things, is not like a gateway into the fur community. And I think that that's both true and not true. I think that The Lion King is something that, again, it's a complete world. It is something that is just very easily relatable to. And so you want to be a part of it, but you, as, as people go about getting involved with things, they realize, oh, I'm actually more like this. So I don't necessarily would, I don't think that liking itself is the absolute best way into the fandom, no. but it's, it's a very easy, easily relatable one. So as a gateway to people who <laughs> choose to go through this conduit, there are a million conduits into the fandom, of course. Is there a particular common thing you've seen for people that have gotten into the fandom through The Lion King? Uh, yes, they either become TLK furs or they uh, go on to be something else. They <laughs> <laughs> go on to be something else. <laughs> so what kind of furs do you think that are actually drawn into um, into The Lion King? So, or like, like, there's ones that are like, you know, um, there's people who are really endeared to their friends. There are people who believe in certain qualities or have an aggressive tendency or something, and they go through different conduits like that. So what kind of people do you see that get into the community and then proceed into the fandom? Uh, through the Lion King, I would say that, again, it's probably a little bit more of those who would relate with either um, a strong childlike aspect because the movie, solidly is about a story about a child trying to come to terms with his world, as well as those who have a very strong desire to have that, that strength of character. And uh, lions are definitely considered a power animal, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily within the fandom, because <laughs> <laughs> we do tend to be a little bit arrogant, but... <laughs> <laughs> we, we do. <laughs> I like how you said that. No, it's only you, Tugs. You're the only arrogant one. Now you listen here. I love you. <laughs> um, oh, where is the community these days? I mean, you said that the site is sadly going by the wayside because of lack of, I'm guessing, activity. Um, yeah, basically a lot of different things happen. Obviously, when The Lion King Fairy first came out, uh, a lot of people who were involved or attracted to that movie were generally younger at the time. And so as time moves on, um, they've either progressed in their own lives and just moved away from being involved in something like that. Uh, you had uh, both uh, chat rooms. You had TLK Muck. 
there were lots of different things, uh, aspects and venues where people got together and role played and kind of shared stories. And I think actually as the internet itself evolved and you didn't have to imagine things anymore, there became a lot of uh, pre-built worlds, um, things that you didn't have to story build yourself that it actually kind of started moving away from that. And role playing is definitely an art of storytelling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Love it. <laughs> what? No, no, no. I play D and D and stuff like that. I I completely understand with paper games. I mean, there's there's a lot of people. I mean, I know it's a different subject, but it's there's a lot of people that that say to me, "Hey, Rue, you know, you play paper games and stuff like that. Come play with me on the internet with it and stuff like that." And I'm kind of like, I don't know. It's a different subject. I like it when you have friends that are together doing the paper games and yeah, it's kind of a little bit off subject, but I'm yeah. laughing because I keep looking at my notes, like new notes have appeared and they have <laughs> nothing else is there. Well, <laughs> no, no, any... it's like no, the no, fridge. No, I have know? a question. So now for the dark side of things, dark, dark side. side. So is there a sexual component to it? Is there a sexual component to it? Yes. Uh, can you be a little more specific? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, the furry fandom has a, a large sexual component, rule 34 of everything. Um, within the Lion King community, is, is there a large group of people, just like the furry fandom, that are like, oh, yes, I'm going to draw all kinds of adult art and this and that and role play it and that? Or is it very much not like that? Um, while it is not entirely my... Uh, Scar and Kovu are typically the most sought after... Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say porn stars of Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to a theater near you. Um, it is, it's generally accepted that uh, Kovu is probably one of the most sexy, debonair, kind of that, that bad guy look. And so there is definitely a lot of stuff revolving around him itself. How do you feel about Scar's appearance in Hercules? Well... Had I actually seen the movie, I'd be able to answer that. <laughs> you haven't seen Hercules? How was he in Hercules I've been again? told that it exists in there. I Was it a statue or something? Uh, no, there's a scene after Hercules has started to become famous where he's posing for an artist, I believe. Oh, right, and right. And he's wearing a, 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 a... It's not a hat. It's just a head covering, and it's Scar. Takes it <laughs> off. Because the guy who is connected to Hercules or something, he did Scar, and so... That's yeah. hilarious. Well, some actor making good on Mufasa's. Uh, so you mean Jeremy <laughs> Irons? No, no, no. The it was one of the artists. Oh, so I have a burning question. I love these. Now it's time. <laughs> I know it's a burning. Okay, hyenas. <laughs> and <laughs> and now, well, you're a lion. Yes. So how do you feel about hyenas? Well, they are mangy. Yeah. Slobbering. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have Dangy some... Mutts. <laughs> and whoopee. <laughs> we have some good friends of ours no. that are hyenas, so... We have a few listeners that are hyenas. Yeah. No. I, uh, hyenas are actually interesting. Um, and I say that because only would I make that connection with the Lion King. I, there, there's many species of canine out there. And hyena, I will never be able to actually separate out away from the Lion King. And so I don't think that they're actually horrible. I just, I don't know what to make of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're there. Do you think that there's such a good th uh, thing as a good hyena? I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> well, you said just kidding, so I won't. <laughs> did, you, did you play uh, Kingdom Hearts 2? Um, yes. Tell me about when you got to the Lion King world. 
Did you enjoy it? Did you like going to the elephant graveyard? I mean, are we going back to that segment of porn or? <laughs> you can go wherever no, you like. I don't want to. <laughs> you can go wherever you like. I've seen plenty of porn on the front page of FA of that. So, no, I Sora was pretty hot as a as a cub within there. So, you and every other furry. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, and I, 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 it's the last world I avoid playing in Kingdom Hearts two when I replay because I just think of all the Rule thirty four like. I knew the instant they announced it, I'm like, oh, the porn is already online. I just got to wait to see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually, if nothing else, I'm actually just happy because in that singular instance, I felt like they were able to kind of like re-resurrect that Lion King world and not defile it, which is really funny considering the conversation we had just seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, everyone recognizes that. If you idolize something as a child, sometimes it becomes sexualized as an adult. It's not uncommon. Freud loved it. <laughs> So when you go to a con, do you do you find other Lion King furs and hang out and talk shop, or what happens? Um, I've actually been to only three cons so far in my life. I don't know why it took me over a decade to make it to the first one. Uh, my first one was at Rainforest. Which I saw you had a good time. <laughs> and I did have an amazing time, and I tried to wrap myself, my head around uh, this, this new world. And so... Since then, um, two different cons, I actually now throw Lion King room parties, and I'm trying to reach out to the community uh, and rebuild what was kind of lost in a lot of that uh, role play stuff. Not that we role play at those, but I'm trying to regather those who are interested in there. So if if one of our listeners wants to, um, you know, um, help you out in this, you know, rebuilding or, or get in contact with you, how would they do so? Well, uh, I... I have an FA page, like many furs. I have an email, like most people. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to like plug anything out there. You but can. Uh, <laughs> You're totally welcome to. Yep. This uh, is your time. <laughs> um, we'll just go search out for Simba Mazzotti. Uh, Spell your last name. M I Z A A T I. Um, on the cons, um, Rainforest, Midwest Fur Fest, and Further Confusion are the three cons that I do the room parties for, and I always register on the forums there. And I do have a thing, uh, a thread for TLK room parties. So, do you allow alcohol at these parties? Yes, I do. So it is, <laughs> it is, it is a, I what is it, twenty one plus? <laughs> yes, yes. <I> mean. <laughs> Let's try a military base. <laughs> um, is there a Facebook group, something like that, where people can hook up? Or um, there may be. I actually haven't searched out a whole lot just yet, but anything Google Plus? No social networks on it. I again, I've been. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I'm just wondering. No, it's okay. It's it's a good question. Uh, I actually used to be the admin for the Lion King chat room on TLK.org after a long time, um, so I'm I'm used to trying to coordinate communities. It's just been a while since I've tried to rebuild this one. I think the time is right because people are coming back into it. Any final thoughts that you have as far as you can say anything? Lying. <laughs> anything you want to share? Yeah. Um, you know I. At the, for the first time during this entire <laughs> broadcast, I'm actually at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Oh, no. if, if there's anybody that's getting into the into Lion King, I mean, what would you recommend for them to maybe look at or, or different things? Like, if they want to get... The movie. They oh. should watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's a dumb question. <laughs> Right, had same, I had the same question as you. So if someone is watching the movie and wants to explore more. 
Um, seriously, just do a Google search for Lion King stuff. Um, Brian Tinneman has an amazing website that uh, has a whole bunch of different things. There is the Lion King United Nations, which <laughs> is a huge collection of websites from everything from chat rooms to forums and discussion, things like that. So not all of them are still active, but there are definitely ways out there to find your way into that community. Sweet. All right. So all you kitties out there, go and visit. Explore. Come to my one of my room parties at FurCon. I, I do a really good job. I think I'm going to go to one because there's alcohol allowed. It's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you play the movie at the party? I do. We actually uh, have drinking games to the entire trilogy. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm playing. <laughs> Sweet. Are you, um, I can't remember. You say, oh, you won't be doing one at Fur Idaho. Sad face. Sad. But well, you're going to do one at Rain First, right? Yes. Okay. Go to Rain First. Go to Fur Idaho. <laughs> Come see us. All right. Well, I think it's time to move on to some torture. We're going to play the game. It's called Don't Sleep Tonight. <laughs> oh, God. So we have 10 questions for you. They're each worth a point, just like all games are worth 10 points. Um, we're just going to ask it, and you got to give us the answer. If you get it right, you will hear this sound. If you get it wrong, you'll hear this sound. Do you have a question? No. Good. <laughs> You're an expert on sleep, right? Do you uh, sleep? Sometimes. <laughs> Good, then you'll be... Only when I'm driving. All right, Rue. Why did Jonathan Taylor Thomas leave the acting business? I, If I remember, it was actually because he took a lot of grief from his schoolmates about his role as Simba and Lion King. I read that last summer. I, <laughs> the one time I read Entertainment Weekly... Um, there were, it was the reunion cover, so I was like, oh, I remember all these shows, so I looked. And he came back just for that. The cast of Home Improvement had not seen him since Home Improvement. I he, watched it because he was on there. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, he walked off the set the last day, never came back. Just done. Um, and he was telling people that my my schoolmates were dicks, pretty much. <laughs> and I felt bad. I was like, come on. That is like a classic. And the kids are cruel. Yeah. So at one point. I wonder what they would like tease him about, like probably lines from the... Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's pretty detailed. All right, question two. Okay, so now the rest of the questions are about sleep, like this one. Why do we sleep? No, no, no. What were you going to... No, no, no. <laughs> what were you going to say? What were you going to say? Why do we sleep? Yeah. Uh, popular theory is to decompile our... <laughs> from the day, kind of sort out everything. Yeah. You know, he was almost said, I don't know. And that would have been right. And that would have been right. <laughs> Scientists don't know why we sleep. They have theories, but no one knows the true reason. Okay, question number three. If the the average person goes to bed around 10 p.m., what at what time does the body's natural rhythm suppress bowel movements? What? <laughs> if the average person goes to bed at 10, at what time does the body's natural rhythm suppress bowel movements? You're an expert in sleep, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll go with midnight. <laughs> it's 10.30 p.m. Wow. So 30 minutes. What sleep-related habit has been shown to reduce coronary mortality by 37%? Oh my gosh, I'm going to suck at this game. <laughs> the siesta. <laughs> Everyone does great at our games. Don't worry about it. Number five. When, when a member of the species is an infant, um, it does not experience REM sleep. What species is this? Humans. 
Ah. Actually, I think babies do in the womb, um, but I know they do once they're born. It's dolphins. Rip. Yeah. All right. Now you need to know this one. What is the average sleep period of lions? 18 hours. <laughs> is it 20? 13.5. Oh, okay. Do hibernating animals sleep? Do hibernating animals sleep? Yes. Uh, they are going to at some point. Is that a winner or a fail real? Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, he gets a point. <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, they end hibernating a couple of times to sleep. Hibernating is not sleeping, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> All right, aside from medicine, what is the current leading treatment for insomnia? I don't know that either. Wow, that's really interesting. White noise. Oh, well, I actually do use that. <laughs> <laughs> You're already doing it. Awesome. <laughs> what is what is one of the key symptoms of fatal familiar insomnia? Fatal familial insomnia. Oh. As I've never heard of that term before, I can't answer. Guess that. Gotta guess. Guess. Give us a symptom. Irritability. That'd be a symptom of the symptom. You stop sleeping before you die. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for the last question? Sure. What's the score, Koru? Two. <laughs> you are winning. There's the oh. last question. Yeah, you didn't get it on your burnout. Oh. <laughs> if the average person goes to bed around 10 p.m. and wakes up around 7 a.m., when does the body cease suppressing bowel movements? 6.30 a.m. <laughs> no! <laughs> 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to go for the whole half hour mark. <laughs> you and your bowel movements. <laughs> you know what? When I was researching this game, there was a the the Da Vinci Naked Man picture. What's that called? Right. Anyway, um, and there was a clock around him, and it was like the different things your circadian rhythm will do in a 24-hour period. The rest of them were boring. <laughs> Those were the only two that I was like, I can make questions out of this. I'm horrible at sleep, so this is an amazing game to throw me at. We always ask questions of our guests, of which they are always experts, just like we did today. You know why it was called Don't Sleep Tonight? Because the lion sleeps tonight. <laughs> See? I knew he'd get it. I knew it. i get a point. Yeah, Tug's got a point. <laughs> we were like, I, I knew he was going to get it. I think right. that whole wheel in the Da Vinci Man is just unfinished blueprints for a right machine. <laughs> Was that out loud? <laughs> All right, Karu, are we ready for break, or do we have time to move into listener mail? Uh, let's do a break. All right. We are going to break, and then we will come back with the listener mailbag. Are you a douche? Find out at Fur Idaho 2013 by attending for What It's Worth Live. The first people to grab a seat will receive a special giveaway in the form of a custom for What It's Worth shot glass. The first people to grab a shot glass then immediately leave will be declared douches by the cast. So grab your friends at Fur Idaho and hurry to For What It's Worth Live. Find out who amongst those you hang out with is a douche. Check Con Programming Guide for final showtime details. ID is required to attend. That's what I 
did when I saw Tugs in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Wilhelm scream. I hear it everywhere. Is it in the Lion King somewhere? No. Oh, thank God. All I can say is ever since you've pointed it out to me. You hear it everywhere. I can't stop hearing it. Like, it bugs me to death. And I, now I'm noticing it more and more. It's in everything. I was so disappointed when I heard it in an episode of MLP. You know what's funny is because like the first time everyone I think in our generation heard the Wilhelm scream was in Star Wars, where there's the three stormtroopers that fall off, and I always just was like that guy's scream is weird sounding. Like I never really thought more of it till someone explained it to me as an adult. I'm like, well, no duh, it's some stupid ah. So yeah, I really hate this. Now, everyone at home, when you hear that, that's called the Wilhelm scream. It's in everything. You'll hear it from now on. You have now just ruined movies for everybody for the rest of their lives. Thanks for listening to For What It's Worth. <laughs> All right, what, that's what, a... we, what did we see it in recently? It was the commercial, wasn't it? No, we, you're, we were watching some kind of movie, and you are like, did you hear that? And I was like, yeah, I heard it. What movie was that? It wasn't Skyfall, was it? I hope not. <laughs> it was something very recently that I watched with you. It's in everything. Anyways. So, cookies and hello from Silver Fox. Oh, we opened the listener mailbag, by the way. Yep. <laughs> Good at transitions and segues. All Woo! right. So, this is from Silver Fox. He says, cookies and hello. Um, SF77 here. Just was just was listening to your, sh- your podcast of Furs and the Media. Great show. Smiley face. Yay! I was just wondering, will or could there be a For What It's Worth at Rocky Mountain Fur Con 2013? Rue, is there going to be a For What It's Worth live at, at, at RMFC? No. I'm sorry. We will announce our Season 3 live show plans at a later date. See, but... usually I go to Rocky Mountain Fur Con every single year, but this... This year he's not. This year I'm not. We will reveal more at the end of Season 2. So... Listening to your pod, listening to your podcast made me smile. Thank you. It's, I've been down, and the cast gave, gave me more to think about. You are right about the fandom, being more of <laughs> camaraderie. Put it on the DVD. Camaraderie. Yay. Camaraderie. You're being, <laughs> you're right about the fandom. Being more a camaraderie. Oh my god. <laughs> Just go to the next sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it. Oh, okay. It's not commodity. <laughs> camaraderie. What did what did you recommend for the fur fur who lives in the area where there are few furs? I know of two, but not sure of their location. Um, sadly, two are in the fandom. Uh, the two that were in the fandom moved. One I recently learned was in my area, but um, but passed a few years back. And once again, the other one moved away. Um, also, what do you recommend for someone who is who's going to have a partial fursuit to watch out um, watch out for at a con or walking around a con area? It will be my first year in suit. I also will be helping two others. Um, with theirs as they walk about. So, first question was, if you're uh, in a rural area or you're one of the few furs around? Mm-hmm. I, I would highly 
I would highly recommend, you know, paying attention to one of our episodes that we had in season one, which talks about building your, your local community. And, you know, I would have to say is try to see if you can find somebody, you know, in, in your area. I can understand how, how hard that that can be, but there is somebody there that has a similar interest to you. There's also a recent invention that came out that'll help with this. It's called the internet and you can log on to Facebook and other social sites or Google, but be careful. Uh, and you can connect with people to at least kind of get an outlet. Do you, do you have any suggestions? You're perfectly welcome to answer this. <laughs> no, those, <clears throat> those would have been the ones that I would have recommended as well. Facebook actually has a lot of groups and you can also start one which is great because even if you're the, the first and only person on there, other people who may be interested in trying to find other people will all of a sudden think, oh, there is someone else out there. So you can actually be that directive force. You can roll the Katamari yourself. It's also good for you to put yourself out there. Um, you know, there might be somebody that's just like you trying to find somebody. And, um, you know, by you putting your name out there saying, hey, is there someone in this lo- you know, in this particular area, you know, somebody might reply to you so um as far as with suiting just make sure that um i mean if it's your first time suiting have a handler have somebody there that's going to be watching for you Mm um try try your best to go suiting beforehand um so you can see what the vision is like yeah i would not recommend um having your first experience in your suit be at a con (laughs) sounds dirty Ah, dirty, dirty mind. What what do you recommend? Uh, just what you said. Uh, make sure that the person who will be helping you handle, at least give them the rundown of, you are my eyes, you are my ears, and you are especially my mouth. You also said that you were having two others that were going to be helping you walk around. He's helping you know, two others, I thought. Yeah, he's helping two others. Make sure that you're not in suit as well. Um, if you're going to be watching out for somebody else, especially because it's your first time, Oh, that's just just me. You kind of need somebody that's just dedicated to you um, for your first time. It's kind of like when you're doing like reps or something for the first time. You always have someone watch you till you feel okay doing them, and mm-hmm. then you know you make decisions afterwards. But don't don't go out as a trio in suit for the first time and hope that you're all gonna watch out for each other. It's not gonna work. You're gonna wind up breaking something. Yeah, or breaking someone, and you know you don't want that to happen. You don't want to like trip over some lawyers kid. love those things. Mm-hmm. Lawyers have become a thing now. They've always been a thing. I know. <laughs> all right. Next mail. This is from Christian. He sent this in a while ago, and we are finally happy to read this on the air. Yay! I am a subscriber and listener of your show slash podcast. Say that three times fast. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And I have a question for you guys. If being a furry constitutes a solid definition of being an anthropomorphic art connoisseur, then what is the deeper meaning? I mean, you don't go to conventions to talk about this fandom all the time without wanting to gain or do something with that time you spent. So what do you guys want out of the fandom? I was asked about this, and I explained that it was just a fun kind of hobby, and that there was no reason, but the more I thought about it, the more reasons I thought of, such as entertainment, making friends, and such. I thought this was an interesting question for you guys, and would love to have it aired if possible. Well, you just won. Love the show, keep it up, Christian. That's where I came up with that idea. It was to our listener box. (laughs) What? So, our next episode is going to be your, um, you know, to answer your email. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, we'll announce more about that uh, later. So, the reason I am a furry 
Um, it's complicated how I got here, but the reason I've stayed is friends. Uh, as we tend to constantly say, uh, friends become almost family in this fandom. And I go to cons for no other reason than just to see my friends socialize and have a couple drinks. No, I do not sit around and debate the facets of, is it better to have a curly tail or a long tail or be a sparkle dog? None of that matters to me personally. I just go to have a good time and see friends. And it's a great decompression. Um, but it's definitely not a resting vacation for me. <laughs> for me, it's more than just a hobby. It's a way of life. That's just how it is for me. So and you sit around talking about, I enjoy the wine red fox for this reason. No. <laughs> no, well, I, no, I'm more silly about it. Like, I'm a wine red fox, yay! You know, and I have people come over to my house I, every week, and we just hang out and have fun. And I have art all throughout my house, not just dirty stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for clarifying. You're welcome. <laughs> and for you, Simba. Um, for me, it's kind of the same thing. One of the things I love about being a furs is that you don't have to go out and define yourself to other furs. There's just kind of like this, this baseline understanding that you have a connection with something, and whether it's a lion, whether it's a fox, a fox. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, I, there it's it's all about the friends and the camaraderie. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, now that you say that, there's a certain like you're saying, basic level of understanding. But to expound on that, at a furry con, I don't have to worry about like if I go into a room and my friend has a plush of their favorite Disney character or whatever, we don't talk about it. Like it's just expected. Whereas if it's someone who's not a furry, there's always a conversation about it, and and it's nice to be among like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't talk about it, there's just a base level of, okay, I get it. We don't even have to talk about it. And everyone feels more comfortable. Like, that if way. somebody that was regular came into your house, Tugs, they'd be like, there's all these plushes. What's going on? It looks I like a toy store. Normal people in my there. <laughs> well, there's also a thing, life imitating art. I think that you just walk into there and you are seeing the visualization of everything. It's, it doesn't have to be a conversation topic. You're actually just watching everything your head actually already projected out there for you. Exactly. It's kind of like going to Disneyland where they build the different lands and it's just like, okay, that's cool. It's an actualization a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So the next listener mail we have from Marcus Noble. He's actually uh, a local here. I was wondering. Yeah, I believe that he's the, he's the panda. The... Anyways, let me read this email. Hey, hey guys, Marcus Noble here. I just recently started listening to your show. I first heard about it during the episode of Fuzzy Logic podcast, and I figured I would give it a listen. I've enjoyed it very much, and you've earned yourself a devoted fan. I love the fortune cookie section of the show. It reminds me of something. Um, I I was playing a video game, you don't know Jack, the other day. That is the best <laughs> trivia game ever. And during the game, the host Cookie Masterson um, will will even let's see will every every oh I'm sorry will every so often have a question based on a particular particular theme. One of them is where he opens a fortune cookie and then asks a question based upon the fortune inside. The segment is called Cookie Fortune Cookie Fortune. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. Have you played? Have you played the new one? I haven't. Oh, you're gonna have with to. Cookie Fortune, um, wait, with Cookie Fortune, Cookie Masterson. For example, the Fortune, um, you have a magnificent personality, leads to a question regarding which um, mental-based fictional character might be most attracted to him. <laughs> so now, whatever. Um, so now, whenever that question comes up in the game, I immediately think of Rue having fortune cookies. You've ruined You Don't Know Jack. Thank you. <laughs> so, Tugs, tell us about fortune cookies. How much you love them now, now that you've known me and... Well, last year when you were at Idaho and I wasn't on the cast, you had that big box. And I ate it. 500 fortune cookies. I didn't cookies. really eat all 500. Um, I have had a year off of fortune cookies. I've had, like, one recently. <laughs> I am just about ready to accept fortune cookies as part of society again. Um, but I'll tell you that you're never going to order 500 fortune cookies as long as I'm on the show with you. But that's that was amazing. It was last year. <laughs> so what else do we have in the listener box? All right. This is an interesting email from... Uh, where'd it go? In your the face. Rainbow Room. Sorry. Um, this email has what I believe, and I'm sorry if I'm incorrect, a bit of a language barrier. Um, so I'm going to paraphrase and kind of summarize the points as I read it here. So bear with me. Um, see here, from the rainbow roo with a bandana on his head. That look, that's just, that sounds cool. Uh, uh, he got into the fandom, um, through the Lion King and then later on through werewolves. So he kind of had two facets. Um, and also through mascots that he saw at games and such. Um, he's new to the show. He's on episode five, and he's listening to the latest, so he's double listening. Double listening. Double. Um, and his name comes from a kangaroo plush toy, which he attached to the email. I'll show you after the show. It's a it's a very cute plush. Um, his feelings about the Lion King um, is that he loves everything as anthropomorphic. Um, he loves the whole franchise and basically everything since then by Disney. Um, he's worked his way through the canon basically after watching that, and his family will watch it t together as well. Um, today he likes Adventure Time um, and the Hug Wolves, I believe. Um, and he also likes Open Season. Have you guys seen Open Season? Yep. Is no. it? I have it. I know. I have it. Uh, if you had to pick between uh, Pokemon um, and anything else, he, I guess he's fixated on Pokemon. Um, he, I guess he said I would be Ty. Ty? Wait, what? I don't know. Isn't is Ty a, um, I don't know, a person? I think he's a, no, the, he's a kangaroo. Is it? Or am I thinking of cow? I'm, I'm thinking of a video game. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, he says though that he's not rushing. He's kind of moving around in characters. Uh, oh, okay. He is from the Bahamas. I want to go to the Bahamas. It's snowing. <laughs> it's so cold outside. It's snowing outside right now. And we just want the summer. Spring, <laughs> please come. So this is cool. From the Bahamas. Uh, he loves animals. He loves being a furry. And if there's a full moon, he turns into a wear kangaroo. Uh, he loves it when Rue mentions cookies. Yay, cookies. Uh... <laughs> Uh, he wants to know, do you which cookie goes best with milk? Oatmeal, red velvet cookies, or chocolate chips? Oatmeal. I oh, love oh, sorry, or coconut. 
Oatmeal cookies are amazing. They're they're probably one of my most favorite cookies. And it, it, it's kind of a little bit healthy, you know? <laughs> Oatmeal. He, he loves the show. He's going to keep listening. And he's had many laughs quoting the Lion King to himself many times. Well, thank you, Rainbow Roo, for sending that in to us. From the bottom. <laughs> Why are all the tropical furries writing us right now? <laughs> First we get Hawaii. We you know, it was so hard to go to FC and then come back to here. Oh, I know, right? Are you, are you freezing? No. Oh. It was just so warm, and everybody was, like, bundled in coats and stuff like that. We're like, it's spring! <laughs> All right, well, that's it for the mailbag. If you would like to be in the general mailbag, you don't have to write on topic. Um, next Friday by 3 is our next deadline. Even though we always say it, it doesn't make it any less true. For what it's worth really wouldn't exist without you, the listener. Your emails, letters, voicemails, cookies, and more really do help us create each and every episode. If you haven't joined in the insanity yet, or even if you have, here's how to get in. For show topic responses, feedback, and pretty much everything, send an email to cast at forwhatitsworth.com. You can also leave comment on each episode by visiting our site and viewing the specific episode page. If you don't like writing or want to change a pace, you can dial 469-44-FURRY to leave us a voicemail. Long distance charges could apply, so check with your phone provider. If you're a master of tickling the eardrums, we would love to play your music. Send your music to cast at forwhatitsworth.com. If you want to keep up with the show on a daily basis, we have Twitter, Google+, and Facebook. Tweet to us at at forwhatitsworth. Plus the Googles at plus for what it's worth. And of course, open the book faces at www.facebook.com slash for what it's worth. Want to feed us? Send us shenanigans for an episode or a postcard for the studio map? Send mail to for what it's worth. P.O. Box 25394, Salt Lake City, Utah, zip code 84125, in the United States of America. Items sent to our P.O. Box cannot be returned, so make sure to send all your gold, silver, and precious gems. Do you feel like harassing an individual cast member? They get quite lonely. So send all personal email to rue at forwhatitsworth.com and tugs at forwhatitsworth.com. If you're really wanting to go the extra kilometer mile, koru at forwhatitsworth.com is also available. As always, please make sure you have permission to share any items with us since we don't like lawyers. If you don't want your email read on the air, let us know and we'll be sure to honor your request. We don't like lawyers? Wait, my mom's a lawyer. What the hell? And that's a rap. No, not a rap like... But a rap like, you know, the, 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 the stuff with the bread and... Well, actually, not that kind of rap either. I don't know, okay? I'm French-Canadian. Anyway, if you need to hear anything I just said, press the rewind button. It's like a magical thing to go back in time, so I don't have to repeat myself again. And now, back to the two fools of... something... Ruentugs! <laughs> that was epic. I wrote that, because we needed to redo it. No, you didn't read that. No, I wrote oh. that, and I was like... I think it's going to be shorter this time. It's not. <laughs> Damn it. I love it. 
It's good. All right, before we go, for Idaho 2013, there's one episode that will be coming out while we are there. So this is the last one before we are there. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited to sleep before it. <laughs> well, our next episode, it's going to be amazing. We're going to be talking about... Wait! we got to tell what's going on at for Idaho. Why are you jumping the gun? I'm sorry. Good God. <sighs> so, what's going on at for Idaho? We have uh, the Cookie Social... Yay, cookies. So you get to come and you get to eat cookies with me. Yep, and, and, and there's games. <laughs> um, we have the greatest talent show in the galaxy, which as of time of recording has two whole people. And we're not going to do the event with just two people because it will be short. And I, Tugs, you should do a talent. My talent is emceeing the show. <laughs> uh, please register through the For Idaho Central page on our site. You can register at the con, but it's better if you do it before. Because? Because you get cookies. <laughs> I don't... Because if you need us to go make an arrangement for a weird thing, you might need like a grand piano. We can try and do that. Yeah. We can definitely work with the concert to help you out. So We, um, we also have the Fursuit Olympics. Fursuit Olympics. Please register for it. I don't know why we have registration with it. Um, because the lawyers uh, want us to have people acknowledge that if they rip, rip, rip their fursuit... Uh, that they chose to participate. Not that the, I don't think any ripping is going to happen, but... No, not on the floor with you, anyway. <laughs> um, we also announced... <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up on the site by the time you're listening to this, we will have unveiled uh, the For What It's Worth live show. We don't have our guest announced yet, but we are giving away a prize, which is... Shot glasses. So if you're gonna be gonna Gosh, be there, nice. make sure that you get your butt in the seat before like the show actually starts, so that you can actually get a shot glass. These are gonna be pretty amazing. We put custom. a lot of time and effort into making them. They're custom. They have for what it's worth live on it and for Idaho 2013. No, they say 2013. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the final event that we will be putting on is Satellite 5. Because you all really just tune in for the last 20 minutes of the show, we really know it, to listen to the game. We are putting on 90 minutes of various the games. And so, there are prizes. There is torture. And it will be hilarious. And we'll bring back some of the games you haven't seen for a while. Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you want to be tortured just like our guests, get tortured every week, please feel Don't free to tonight. come. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tugs. No problem. <laughs> no registration is required, but we will pick people at random from the audience who show up. We want a big audience because it's so much more fun to watch your friends get tortured. So bring your friends and then volunteer them, and we'll pick on them. Yep. Oh, and we also have the douche. Oh, yeah. Which you will hear about soon. <laughs> Why don't we tell them now? Okay, if you come into our live show, take the shot glass and leave, we will publicly humiliate you and call you a douche. So, so come and find you, out if you're a douche. If you end up coming... You probably won't want to leave. <laughs> we'll make you sit there unless you like humiliation, in which case you're at the wrong convention. We're going to have everybody shout, douche, douche, douche. Four more years of douchebag. They're, they're like, <laughs> but I'm just going to the bathroom. I'm going to the adult dragon panel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go to the inflatable panel. <laughs> All right, let's close this up. Okay. What's are, the next episode? Are we announcing the grand prize yet? 
What? Well, we kind of s- shared it last episode. Yeah, we did. Are you talking about Borderlands? Yeah. Yeah, if you win the greatest talent show in the galaxy, you get a free copy of Borderlands, Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2. You get to go shoot your friends. For PC, it's a Steam code. Because no one on Steam has this game. But I... But I, but I but Shh. What's the next episode? I, okay. Um, so, the next episode is going to be talking about, is this a hobby for you, or is this a lifestyle? What? What? Is what? The... F- um, the furry fandom. Oh, <laughs> I'm, you're like gesturing at the floor. I'm like, the floor for me is definitely just a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the floor, but I don't want to be the floor. Are you sure? Because that floor has some ambience that's coming from it. it it's a hundred years old, and it has fur all over it. I have a dog. Yes, you do. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about this episode. What do we want people to send in to us? Uh, Tell us if you believe furry to you is a lifestyle. Do you want to be seen in your character all the time in mental mental eyes, people's mental eyes? Uh, Or is it just like, oh, you know, I don't mind wearing a costume every now and then, but I'm definitely Cody. I am not so-and-so furry name. Um, What do you, what's the borderline for you? Like, you know, do you, when you go to work, are you still your persona or are you... Yeah, kind of like that. Do you refer to your hands as paws, or do you refer to them as hands? Do your coworkers know you as a dog, or a... (laughs) (laughs) And do you... What do you define as a lifestyler? Because that definition does change. Versus a hobbyist. So that will be next week. We have a short turnaround, so please send your emails in now. Once again, it's Friday um, at 3 p.m. That's the cutoff. Mountain time. Mountain standard time. always mountain time. So that's it for this show. Thanks for listening. We and for want everyone's to emails. say thank you again for our guest for showing up. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> He's, you know, the secret about it, and no one will know it till now, is that he came in with a little bit of a rough voice. He was ill. Yeah, we appreciate that he made it here because we were kind of getting a little bit worried. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad because we had no backup. And once again, <laughs> you lied. Uh, well, uh, the other person bailed at the last minute and once again thank you for um our listeners definitely we heart you we love all six of you so much yes (laughs) okay let's go all right this has been rue this is tugs and guru and this is for For what what it's it's worth worth. oh damn it he didn't screw it up (laughs) 